Hey, it's Mike from the High Hash Rate Podcast. Just want to take a brief moment here and thank Fountain.fm for really helping us grow our podcast. I mean, this has been a, a fun ride. If you are not listening to High Hash Rate on Fountain.fm, we highly recommend it. You can stack sats by listening to your favorite podcasts. So if you're not a fountain, head on down and download Fountain.fm today. You know this in your head, but you don't know it until it's said out loud that you don't own the money that's in your bank account. Like, I think that's the most obvious statement that everyone should know, that we're saving all this money, we're putting it in a bank account, you know, uh, you think you're getting some form of interest on it, and then in a few years, yeah, you're making money. No, it's, it's your money can be taken away from you overnight. And I, it's such a simple statement that... I don't think people understand. Hey, everybody. This is the High Hash Rate Podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Dan. And this podcast is just two plebs getting high and talking about Bitcoin, life, and the absurdity of the fiat world. Our guests don't necessarily get high with us, and you don't have to either. But it helps. Welcome back to High Hash Rate. Um, today, we are talking with uh, Sanjna. Uh, she is one of the co-founders at the Wiser app, which is a, an app which aims to educate and onboard the next billion users. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about that and a little bit about her background. But how are you doing, Sonia? Hi, Dan. Hi, Michael. Thanks for having me on. I'm doing great. Um, excited to be on and just share my experience and talk about Wiser. Yeah, so you're one of the co-founders and... Can you tell us a little bit about the history of the company and the app? Like, you guys, pretty. How long have you been around? And what kind of success yeah, are you seeing? Of course. So we we started working uh, on the idea of Wiser in August of 2022. Um, started discussing it. Uh, we were a team of we're a great mix of a team. We're two developers and three people on the product and business marketing side. Um, so we just gave it a shot and we launched in May of 2023. So we've been live for, yeah, for about more than eight months now. Um, we've crossed 22,000 downloads. So pretty happy with where we're at. We haven't really done much in paid advertising. This is quite organic. Um, so it's just people really loving the product and the education and and just spreading it to their communities as well. Um, yeah, we have a lot of plans for 2024. Uh you know, business-wise marketing, um, we, we definitely want to launch in more languages because we're, we're a global app. We're seeing a lot of traction, uh, not only in the U.S., but Europe, Africa, Asia. Um, and yeah, our, our aim is just to, to spread Bitcoin knowledge and reach hyper-Bitcoinization through, through high-quality education. Nice. So, so I've, uh, I've downloaded your app and I was uh, learning a little bit about Bitcoin through using the app and it's it's cool. It kind of reminds me of Duolingo almost where it's That's exactly it's what it should remind you of. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What uh when you were planning this, like uh how are you I mean there's a lot of products out there that like try to aim people or try to teach people about Bitcoin, but part I think is probably why you chose to emulate Duolingo. It's kind of addictive and it kind of gets you on this you're on a um a streak and you want to keep it going and you want to keep learning and you keep earning like is that was that like a i'm sure it was a very deliberate process but how did you come up with the strategy yeah so there's definitely a lot of research gone into um what kind of education we should do you know there's there's video there's uh bite-sized classes there's long-form tech um there's gamification there's rewards there's a lot of elements that we yeah, we use Duolingo as our North Star, but there's a lot of elements from different apps and businesses that we just thought were successful and that made sense. And we obviously want to make it fun for the for the customer, right? So the whole gamification and the rewards and the the streaks part is definitely from Duolingo. Um, but there's a reason we went for bite-sized education as well. We just see that people these days spend a lot of time on social media, especially scrolling through TikTok and Instagram. And their attention span is just really short, right? People don't want to go through long form articles. People don't have time to watch like one hour videos anymore. I mean, that's great when you're going in depth into one topic. But if you want to learn the the in and out of Bitcoin and you want to do it fast because nobody has time these days, how do you do it? You want to learn like one concept in two to three minutes. Um, 
so there was of, of course like like i said there was a lot of research gone into this but then the other thing we found is that we also offer micro rewards and even though it's like cents we're we're really not giving away bitcoin to people but it's something that's very addictive and and kind of hits that instant gratification for people so they want to just keep coming back to the app they know they're not becoming a millionaire off of uh, off of wiser but it's just it's just cool for them to think that okay i'm getting something out of this you know i'll recommend a friend i'll write a review i'll keep going on with my streak and i'll actually earn bitcoin and that that incentivizes them to learn more as well um and then yeah and then we also implemented the whole social aspect in where users can compete with each other there's like weekly and monthly leaderboards and we just live in such a social world but on in an online social world right so people people spend most of their time on a screen um but they still want to be able to to interact with people online so so we kind of took all these elements and put it into one app and and I know there are a lot of competitors but they don't implement everything that we do like you'll you'll find one app that just has bite-sized education or one that just offers rewards but we kind of put everything into one app and and seen that it's it's working so um so yeah that that's the story behind it do you, yeah do you uh, uh, oh go ahead i was what i was wondering if you had a developer background yeah yeah it was my going to be my question can you no, talk about zero. What you did before before this app before, yeah so you know yeah yeah, of course. So I personally have zero background in tech. I, I wish I wish I was a coder now. I think it's probably the most useful skill to have. Um, but I've been in marketing for about seven years. I've worked in in startups. I've worked in corporates. I've I've done everything uh, from B to C to B to B and all of that. Um, but actually, after COVID, uh, I just I quit my job and then me and my partner me and my partner launched uh, an e commerce website. So. It actually started off as a dropshipping website, which we eventually white labeled and branded. Um, but we were selling like at-home beauty products. But the beauty of that was that we learned everything ourselves A to Z, like how to make a website, even though it was just Shopify, but the design, um, Facebook advertising, uh, even a little bit of coding. But I kind of, it was like everything kind of happens for a reason. It, it We sold that business and then we just got into this. But we learned the ins and outs of how to actually run a whole business, how to do the marketing, and that's my expertise. So between the five of us, we're five co-founders at Wiser. We all have our own specific skill set, and we all contribute something something to the business, which works really well. So we have two people who are the developers. Um, one is front-end and one is back-end, and they've been developing in, in the blockchain and, and uh, Bitcoin space for, like, years now. So... Um, so yeah, I I personally have no background, but I trust them completely to to carry it out. So yeah, what well, was uh, no? I had, I had a follow up to that. It was I was curious as to why why um you guys took the path of Bitcoin education as as so how how you, how you honed in on that particular um you know funnel. Yeah, so it it all comes from like our personal stories and that we just had a very common mission and passion. I mean, we've all actually, I was the last one to join the Bitcoin space, but the other four of them, they've, they've been involved in Bitcoin somehow for years, like seven, eight, you know, nine years. Um, I actually got into it very recently, just two or three years ago, but I think we just all saw a, a big gap in education, right? Like we see this great technology, this great form of money, um, but why don't people know about it yet? And it's it's the 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 reason is education. Like the people you see in the space right now, we're still so early. It's it's either the the really tech heavy people or um, people now kind of seeing its benefits. But you you won't see too many normies in the space yet. It's like if if I wasn't you know orange pilled by my husband, I wouldn't even look at Bitcoin. Like it's all gibberish to me. And I think. Yeah, there's enough education and there's enough content online, but it's not delivered correctly. And this is something we wanted to do. We we want people to learn about financial education and learn that there's a broken economic system before introducing Bitcoin. So even though, yeah, we educate people on Bitcoin, we actually talk about money and, and the history of money and uh, how the financial system is so corrupt and, and, and so flawed um, before diving just straight into Bitcoin and saying, this is the greatest money in the world. We we actually go into the why and the roots and we even go into Austrian economics, like we have an entire module on that. And and this is stuff that we were never taught about in school, right? Like most people who I know have, have started investing or know enough about finance. It's all self-learning. Um, so so we, we're kind of a financial literacy app 
through the lens of Bitcoin. Uh, we're not just a Bitcoin education app, we're a money and finance app as well. And 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 I think that's key. I think that's what the market is missing because there's enough like Bitcoin education out there, but you're that's only targeting people who kind of already know what Bitcoin is. How do you how do you get the people, the non the no coiners, the no um the just trying to get everyone in the the eight billion people in the world into Bitcoin? And and that's what we're trying to still figure out as well. Um there's a lot of research that needs to go into it. But yeah, that's that's what we wanted to do. And I think that's a common vision that the five of us just had. Yeah, I wanna uh I wanna get into a little bit more about how you designed the curriculum and, and how you designed the or you approached the financial literacy aspect, but uh, I want to go yeah. back to you mentioned briefly that you said your husband is the one who orange pilled you. Yeah. When you met when you met him, was he uh, was he already orange pilled? Uh, how how did that process go where he became a Bitcoiner and then followed, you know, brought yeah. you on board? So he he was always familiar with the space, but when I met him, he wasn't like a pro, like a maxi Bitcoiner. I I think I can see that he is now. Um, but then, yeah, he also was in a completely different field. He was he was actually doing jewelry and 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 he's in the diamond industry. And then he kind of just switched career paths completely. And he tried to explain Bitcoin to me several times, but I just did not understand it. I was not interested. And I think this is a key point as well because Bitcoin needs to be delivered to certain to like specific target groups in a very different way, right? So. I don't want to stereotype too much, but when he talks to me about Bitcoin, it's about the tech. It's about, you know, the lightning network and then layer two solutions. And none of this stuff interests me. So he he tried for a year and I just honestly didn't care. Um, and then one day we just sat and he again, he tried to explain to me. I did my own research. And for me, the important or the, the thing that makes Bitcoin stand out a lot is actually the social impact that it has in the world. Right. So I think that's what hit hard for me and i think that's what hits for a lot of women around the world because I've, I've been speaking to a lot of women in the bitcoin space as well and it w when you tell them that okay there's corrupt money and you know bitcoin is money for everyone you don't you don't need any kyc it's it's not um you don't have people who are unbanked like all of that stuff i think that really hits like there was a story that i heard where where someone said you know there's a girl in india and she's completely reliant on her husband for money and she has her own money. She's worked for years, but everything is under his name. She doesn't even have access to her own money. And she was getting abused by by her husband. But how does she get away from such a relationship with, with zero money and access to her own money? So I think it's real life stories like that that really hit and Bitcoin actually saved her. Um, so if he had just kind of told me that from day one, I would have been like, okay, this makes a lot of sense. And, it, I, and I think that's why... That's something we do with Wiser as well. We, we really try to personalize the journey because there's so many different types of people. Like if you're talking to someone in Turkey with, a, with you know, a broken system or you're talking, talking to a girl from India or you're talking to someone who's deeply into tech, they're all going to hit different with a different story in Bitcoin. And I think that's the challenge and that's the that's the thing we actually need to do to to get everyone into the into the Bitcoin space. Um when yeah. You were doing, yeah, when you were doing your own research and you, you mentioned the story about uh, the woman you read that was saved by Bitcoin, but do you remember with any particular story or feature or thing that you learned about Bitcoin when where it kind of switched in your head that, well, this is interesting or this is useful to like, oh, wow, I, I might turn change my whole life based on this. I might I think quit for my me, job and yeah. create a company. I think it's the fact that we are all so oblivious to how broken the financial system is now. And I'm not just talking about third third world countries or developing nations, right? I'm talking about the U.S. Like, I did not know until a year ago that the U.S. dollar has lost 96% of its value. And I think this really hit hard because I'm like, okay, everyone thinks the U.S. dollar is the strongest currency. It's the world reserve currency. There's nothing wrong in, in this country. And and I, and I met a lot of people in the finance world in the U.S., right? And they have no idea that this is even true. So they think, wh why does Bitcoin matter? And it doesn't it doesn't make a difference in their lives. But I'm like, yes, it does. Like your purchasing power has gone, you know, 96% down. Um, so I think it was just numbers like this that we were never taught about this in school. And, and that's obviously intentional and left out on purpose, right? Like we learn economics, but we never learn Austrian economics. We never learn the things that the government never wanted us to learn. Um, so for me, it was just right. that there's this whole other side of money that that's super interesting and that 
the whole world is unaware of. And I, th I think that's what people need to know. And that's when they'll realize that Bitcoin actually solves all of these problems. And that's why we're, we're going into this um, revolution. Yeah, something that we talked about on one of the recent episodes of this podcast was that Bitcoin kind of, once you learn about it, and once you learn about, learn it the right way, that it kind of exposes the problems in the world from your perspective, right? So you mentioned that not everybody understands the money's broken. Not everybody understands that the, you know, the government and the, the financial system and central banking is kind of at the core of this. But I think at this point, it's safe to say that just about everybody, at least anybody who's paying attention, realizes that the system or the world or the, something is broken, something is wrong. The world is not making progress yeah. in, in a lot of ways that it should. And life's getting harder. And they, like I said, so they don't necessarily realize that it's the financial system, but they realize it. And so if you listen to and you get to know people and, and you kind of understand what they identify as the problems as they see it in their lives, you can start to formulate how to uh, to introduce Bitcoin to them as a way of solving that you know particular problem in their particular domain in life. And so I'm one. So yeah. I guess to sum that up, to say that the more you learn about the person you're trying to teach about Bitcoin, the easier it is to introduce it to them. I'm wondering how. What are you learning from your customers, and how are you learning about your customers? and able to tailor the experience to educate them in the most effective way. Yeah. So we started off with no specific target audience, right? We just wanted Bitcoin education to reach the world. Um, now what we're doing is we're doing a lot of survey analysis. We're collecting a lot of data uh, from the app as well. I mean, this, this isn't like personal data. I'm not talking about names and last names, but just which regions are the most interested in which classes or, um, you know, not even age demographics, but just we, we do a lot of like personal conversations with our with our users. And we've just found that. Like I said, like maybe women are more interested in the social and humanitarian aspects of, of Bitcoin. Um, so we actually this year, we want to introduce this whole personalization uh, onboarding into our app where we would ask questions like, OK, what is your Bitcoin knowledge? Um, why are you interested in, in in learning about Bitcoin and all of that? Because I think that's the key to them orange pilling their communities as well, right? That is the key to hyper Bitcoinization and just getting um, everyone on board by by hitting hard in a different way. Um, so yeah, so we're introducing this whole personalization onboarding uh, screens into our app and the data we're collecting is that we're just finding that, yeah, certain people are, certain groups of people are more interested in the tech part. Certain groups of people are not even interested in Bitcoin, just interested in, like, we have an entire module on investing and Austrian economics. So they actually just want to learn why the system is so broken. They don't even care about Bitcoin right now. But like you said, that once you get in, you get so deep in that once you realize the system is so broken, you'll actually want to know what the solution is. And that's when they actually get into Bitcoin. So it's not necessarily that people are actually learning uh, Bitcoin as the first modules on our app. A lot of people are just learning about Austrian economics. Um, yeah, they're just learning about stocks and investments, and then they realize there's this other asset class and how it's how it's going to solve their issues. It almost sounds like the the app and your education system is on the path to evolving to what I think most. Bitcoin education journeys should evolve to, which is it's it's almost like a choose your own adventure book or choose your own journey game where you enter into the to this uh, to this beginning and then based on your uh, interests, based on your perspective, you kind of choose the path that you go down and it's kind of tailored to that experience and you're able to teach based on that yeah. feedback that you're getting from the customers. It's very cool. Uh, but another thing you mentioned, uh, and I. Because Bitcoin is for everyone, right? It doesn't matter what part of the world, really what age. It's I think it must be very difficult to create a product like this because if you're teaching algebra, right, you're targeting a certain age group. If you're teaching, you know, yeah. grade school, right? It's but with such a wide variety of experiences and age and age and understanding, how what is the process to to narrow it down to make it broad enough that just about anybody can come into the app and get value and that you're you're able to teach them at the level they come in. No, you're completely right. Um, so that has been a bit of a challenge, but 
to keep it really simple, we make all the classes very easy English, uh, only because we've not launched any other languages yet. So we obviously want um, anyone whose first language is in English to be able to understand everything from our app. And, and so far, we've been doing a good job with that. We will launch in Spanish, French. Uh, there are other languages on the roadmap as well. So eventually, we'll have the app in in, in 10 plus languages. Um, so that's kind of the regional part. Um, now, we also have like a subscription model. So the subscription model is for more advanced people who are more into Bitcoin. So we keep the, the freemium version, which is more than 500 classes free. And then if people choose to want to get into it deeper, you know, they want a job in Bitcoin or they just want to understand the 100% of it. We don't even charge a, like a large fee for it. It's, it's like an average of seven or eight dollars a month and you can get access to bytes, um, to news bytes. So we're actually talking about what's happening in the Bitcoin space right now. And this is very complicated stuff because if you've not done the theory and the basics, you're not going to understand the bytes of this. So that's kind of where we've leveled out uh, the beginners and experts. And obviously, we're, we're with the languages, we're trying to target the whole world. Um, but there's like partnerships that I, I can't announce too much. We're doing partnerships with a lot of ed other educational companies as well. So, for example, people who are uh, either educating through videos or educating in person on ground. And we're going to be that that digital bite-sized app to partner up with them so that we can reach a, lar reach a larger audience as well. Because we can't fill the gap in with everything just ourselves. Um, so we found that through partnerships, it's, it's, it's a way to target more people as well. And it's an easier way to do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've seen that our main age demographic is between the ages of 18 to 35. Now, if we eventually want to target schools and younger kids, we would have to adapt our content. But that's again for a much later stage. It's not something we're doing in the in the short term. What is the, um, I guess, from your perspective, the ideal amount of time that a average user would spend using the app? And based on that, how, about how long would it take them to get all the way through all the content and quizzes and, and everything um, if they if they started today? Yeah, that's that's a, that's a really good question. I mean, when we first started, I would say that to probably finish all the classes, it could take them like maybe 15 on an average of 15 hours. Um, but we've added like hundreds of classes since then. Like we keep adding new modules and new content every month because now we've got content contributors as well. So I'm not sure how much the exact time would be now. Um, but we do see that that people don't just finish like one chapter and go off if they start one module it, it's quite obvious that at least 80 to 90 percent of these people end up doing two or three more modules um like we get a lot of questions saying okay when is there more content coming like there's there's people who do go through the entire app and then they're just really quick at it so you you will see that the you know the really passionate people they can finish it as soon as like as fast as they want to finish it as well um but I mean, I, I would, that's why we're a financial literacy app because I, I think the the content is never ending. Like we can keep going on. Yeah. Yeah. How how advanced do you currently go in the app? And like like in terms of using Bitcoin or like setting up a node or using wallets, do you cover that type of thing? Or yeah. Um, yeah. Or do you offer that? Or do you plan to offer those kind of educate like in products where all right you made it through the app you made it through all the courses you, you've gone you're using some of the newer courses but now i have a question yeah. of how do i use this type of wallet or how do i do yeah. some of these more advanced practical things so we want to be that go-to app for anyone who wants to get into the bitcoin space except a developer like we are not going to offer content on how you can you know get to that stage but i, I think there's enough um, material out there and that there's companies that do it pretty well. So we, we don't want to be that app. But today we have an entire module on just wallets and securities. And I think that's one of the key modules to have, right? Because there's so many people who get into the space, but then, I mean, they're all holding their Bitcoin in custody and they don't, they don't understand. They don't understand that there's a different way to do that. So that's actually one of the main things we want to teach. Um, we, we're just releasing a module on how someone can mine Bitcoin from their own houses. Or is it possible to to be a solo miner? So we really, really go deep into it. Like I said, I think the only thing we're not covering is how to become a Bitcoin developer. Um, that's not something we we want to get into. I don't know about the future, but other than that, like E to Z is covered in Bitcoin. Sure. Um, and I guess, go ahead, Mike. 
I was going to ask, uh, I'm looking at this, I just downloaded this app. Okay. And I'm looking at it. And there's, um, it reminds me so much of the, you mentioned the gamification of it. I mean, it reminds me so much of like getting an RPG character and like stacking them with like different stats. And uh, I, I just, I, I'm thoroughly enjoying just looking through this. But um, I guess my, my question is like, how are you guys um, sort of, curating i'm curious like how you're curating the education to the specific user because i'm like when you go on apple and you you download like apple music they ask you mm -hmm. you know what what kind of music do you like and they give you a bunch of like options you know that you can like pick and choose the options yeah. that you like um i'm wondering how the algorithms or whatever that stuff uh sort of creates a uh, lesson plan for the for the user, I maybe you may have answered this already, but yeah, well, I guess to Taylor, yeah, to tailor that question a little bit more is 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 this technology analytics data based right now, or is it very personalized uh, with like your team kind of monitoring and 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 developing it for as as you go? So so like I said, I think the personalization is our next goal, and I think that's super important to have on the roadmap because how do you target different groups of people, right? And we want we want each individual to have a specific learning journey. Um, we do collect a lot of data, but again, it's not enough for us to 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 create the whole uh, personalization yet. Like we know how much time someone's spending on one class, which module is the most popular one, um, you know, things like that. But I think there's a lot more data points we can collect, and I think once we figure that out, can we only introduce the personalization then? Because that's going to take the app to a whole new level. Um, and everything is just about like collecting data now, right? So we, we want to collect it in a way that obviously isn't getting too personal, but just for us to be able to figure out that these are the questions we need to ask and this is this is what is important to people and 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 what they want to learn and how they want to learn. Um yeah. A, a more personal question, as you've gone through this journey, right? So you come from the marketing world, the just uh, this the normie world, for lack of yeah. a better lack of a better better term. Since you've started and launched this company and you've been working in this space, how how has that changed? How has that changed you? Like, how what has that experience like been compared to the regular world? Is it because I you know I work in Bitcoin and it's sometimes it's long hours and it's crazy and it can life consuming, but it's it's really not exhausting or I don't get to that burnout stage because it's kind of like a passion, right? Like, is that what is your journey like? What has your journey been like since you've been in the Bitcoin space, working in the Bitcoin space? I think same thing. Like it's at the end of the day, you're you're a co-founder of a startup, and then you think there's so much potential for this company, so you want to go all out. And and Bitcoin is my passion now. It's it's only been two years, but it's it's crazy how sucked into it I am. Like even I, I just had my baby like a month ago. I told myself I'm gonna give myself three to four months because it. it it's just mentally exhausting as well and you just don't know where you can fit in the time but I, two weeks in I started working I was just like I, I need to get back into this and you know you 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 feel so lost when you're not um connected to what's happening in the space right now like I was telling you guys I'm I'm a little lost in, in the whole bitcoin news right now but it's just it, it, it's your it's it's my first baby right you want to give it your all and yeah I, and I think before this I like I said I had an e-commerce website as well it was the same thing I think when you're an entrepreneur whether it's bitcoin or whether it's something else you are going to give it your all if you think this is you know for the long term and this can really make a difference difference in the world um but it, it, it's funny because for bitcoin specifically I do see this similar like characteristic between all of entrepreneurs that you live this like very similar lifestyle i think people are just so focused and into their work and um you know you wake up early you you live this life this healthy lifestyle you go to sleep like i i, I don't know i i don't know if it's an entrepreneurial thing or a bitcoin entrepreneurial thing but it's it's just something that i've seen seen in a lot of bitcoiners recently um but i i feel like my life has completely changed since i got into bitcoin i i'm i'm not as uh, you know, crazy about going out and having a great night. And, and it, it's more about just being at home and, and working like all the time you have is, is dedicated to this. So, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. If it's, yeah. yeah, it changes how you value your time and how you manage your time and how you I think, think about so. your time for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, you bring up a, an interesting point about um, entrepreneurship and and it seems like that 
the only way forward in the future, if, if like, if you want to be an entrepreneur, it almost, it's like you have to be a Bitcoiner in a way. Yeah. Um, you know, and it has that spirit inside of it too, you know, this, this startup spirit because of its, the nature of, uh, you know, it's a, it's a ground up movement. It's from the individual and it moves upward to the rest of the world. So that, I mean, that really resonates with me as well. I mean, as soon as I got into the Bitcoin space, my, my inner entrepreneur, um, sort of, you know, that, that flame was lit as well. So I, I just want to say, I think it also has to do, I resonate. yeah, I think it has to do with, with the fact that we also, I don't, I don't want to say we have something to prove or we want to be right, but we're just such a minority right now. And there's, there, there's so much potential that if we make this thing work, like, you can get all of your friends and families into this who who have no idea what Bitcoin is or the people who just never believed in it from the start, right? Like you want to work your ass off to get them to to believe in this thing. Right, yeah. Bitcoin is, uh, what you learn when you're getting in down the rabbit hole is Bitcoin, the protocol is dependable, reliable. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's got everything you need. And then the more you're in the space, the more you kind of learn that you can depend on it, that it, number go up over time that it protects your savings and so when you it's almost like this i i know we will win given enough time and given it we put in enough effort and so there's a lot of people that they get so excited when they get orange pilled and they rush out and they want to convince their fan their friends their yeah. family their community and they're like just buy this this will this will go up you'll be so happy and you'll you'll be as um obsessed with it as i am but of course we all know that that does not work on the timeline that we sometimes expect, right? There's a lot of ups and downs and it takes a lot of conviction to be able to stomach that volatility. How do you, how does Wiser approach that from that perspective, teaching new users, like this is a great um, technology. This is a great innovation. It, uh, the, the other, the fiat system is broken, but it's not going to be a straight line path to success and it's not going to be easy. Do you, yeah. do you approach it that at all? So I, I think the five of us sometimes forget that as well, because we're in such a hurry to get this, you know, this education out to everyone and, 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 and make this idea like, like, yeah, like a unicorn company or something, but no, you're completely right. I think sometimes we need, we need to remind ourselves that before we can teach our, our users that, but I think that's where we're teaching people that this isn't a shit coin. This isn't an asset that you invest in and hope that it just goes up overnight, right? Like we're not teaching people that you invest in Bitcoin and you sell it when the price goes up. We're telling them that you tax sats, you you hodl that this is this is money. Like this could be a reserve currency. That this is there for the future and all your generations to come. Um, so I think when you teach them that this is actually a new form of money, and again going back to history, that this is the kind of money like sound money is what we used to live in. That yeah, just teaching them that this isn't an asset that you just sell overnight. I think that's key. And 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 again, just going back to the roots and, and explaining why money is so broken and how Bitcoin can actually solve everything. Uh, we talk about when you, you decided to launch the company, we we're kind of coming out of a, a, cra a fun, crazy bull market. And I think in early 2022, nobody quite grasped that it was the beginning of this cold bear market and so many things were going to yeah. happen negatively and fall apart. What was it like launching a company and building a company in that environment where it's like, oh God, this is, this. it, it keeps going down. The news keeps getting worse. Did we make the biggest mistake? Um, did we time this totally wrong? How did that, yeah. how, how was that experience like? So I think again, like, cause I was the newest new, uh, I mean the last one to join the Bitcoin space between the five of us. So I was the only one who saw things going down. Whereas the other ones were like, have been through this, the four year cycle of ups and downs. Right. So it was them always convincing me that look, eventually 2020, 2024, 2025 is going to be again, a bull market and things are going to go back up. Um, so I don't think that fear was really ever there. I think for us, it, it, it kind of worked out well. Like we had so much content to build that before even launching the app, it took us months, almost a year to just get those 400 to 500 classes ready. So we're like, let's just get all the content ready. We're going to be launching at the right time. Um, we were able to to 
to launch without getting an investment, right? Because I mean, our developers are in-house. We're all doing everything in-house. So it's not like we had uh, like overheads to pay and, and, and salaries to pay. So all of that was never really a concern. Like we can keep going, um, knowing that at some point it's going to hit and at some point things are going to get much better. So yeah, like it was, it was more of a personal concern than a, than a team concern, I'd say. Uh, from your personal perspective, what, where do you, what do you see for the future of Bitcoin and, you know, the, the short to medium term, um, do you, are you kind of a hyper Bitcoinization is coming soon or like, do you have more of a moderate out, outlook on just kind of where this thing's going to go in the next five years? I mean, except for the price and having price predictions, I, I genuinely think it's going to take time for Bitcoin to reach a stage where even half of the world, um, you know, believes in it or knows about it or is educated about it. Uh, cause if, I mean, if you look at the bigger picture, like five years is nothing, this is, this is generational wealth. We're saying it's something we want to pass on to our kids. So it, it's not like I'm waiting for the price to reach hundred K where everyone has this prediction that by the end of 2024, 2025, it's going to hit. It's more about, um, it's going to take time for people to realize still how flawed the system is and that there's another solution and that it's solving this. And and we want people to get into it the right way, right? We don't want people to get into it thinking this is an asset I want to invest in. We want people to realize that this is that fiat money is not the way to go, that this is sound money, that we used to live in a system like this, and this is what needs to come back. Um, so if it takes a longer time and it's slower, it might actually be a better thing because people yeah. are actually understanding what's going on rather than something like the price going up one one day and then just crashing the next day like that's not what we want so it's fine if it takes time i think yeah it's like um to put it in perspective of uh maybe this more uh easy to identify with like it's when people are trying to lose weight like it's not at the diet it's a lifestyle change exactly it is a lifestyle change yeah go ahead Mike. what uh what aspects of fiat did you realize were right in front of you the entire time uh, that you didn't know until you started building this app? Honestly, it might sound so like stupid, but y you know this in your head, but you don't know it until it's said out loud that you don't own the money that's in your bank account. Like, I think that's the most obvious statement that everyone should know, that we're saving all this money, we're putting it in a bank account, you know, uh, you think you're getting some form of interest on it, and then in a few years, yeah, you're making money. No, it's it's your money can be taken away from you overnight. And it's such a simple statement that I don't think people understand or people know. And I keep reading this every day and I'm like, it, it, I wish people would just, you know, I could put like a big poster on, on somewhere and people would just understand that the money in your bank account is not your money. And tomorrow, if if, it's, if the bank wants to take it, if the, the government wants to take it, they'll take it. It's not, it's not yours to keep. Right. It's like 30 years of hard work or just all gone down the drain, which, and which people you know don't what? know. You point out as well is like, they, it's not that they can take it from you overnight. It's that they do take it from you overnight already every single yeah. day for the, your yeah. entire life. They take it away exactly. from you every through inflation. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I was curious about the, I want to kind of circle back to the, um, you said you were, you know, there's a limited amount of women in the Bitcoin space. And I'm I'm so curious as to why this is. I mean, may, I'm, I'm sort of attributing it to some sort of like, you know, nuclear family. The man goes out and, I don't know, you know, does the work and the woman is at home sort of thing. And that's like the thing that we're all ingrained with or something. But I'm, I'm wondering why that is and then how um, you might uh, maybe like, your strategies for getting more women into the space. And you, I think you mentioned well, I, a little bit of yeah. social area. Yeah, I, I think it's purely education. I think it's just the way that people are educated on Bitcoin today. Like all or a lot of the content that you see online, it's all directed towards tech savvy people. It's all directed towards developers. Like I said, finance like, too, yeah. finance, like I've heard about Bitcoin, but I've heard it in such a different way for the past few years that it never hit me. And now that I've spoken to so many women in the space, they they they're all interested in Bitcoin for the same reasons that I am the, the the social and humanitarian aspects of it. And I think 
I, I like me on a personal basis, I want to get more women into the space. It's not something I've been able to do yet. But I think it's just purely the way that we we deliver education. Um, again, this is something that we want to do with Wiser and personalize the journey. But um, if we can do that and get more women in, I think hyper Bitcoinization is much easier to do because I was actually speaking to Tali Lindbergh. I'm not sure if you guys know her, but she's uh, she's the creator of Hoddle Up. It's it's a Bitcoin game as well. Her and Scott Lindbergh. And she said something really interesting about how she she also has a, has a podcast for women in Bitcoin. And she said that if you can get one bit, one woman Bitcoiner into the space, you'll get 3x the amount because they're much better at orange pilling and getting their kids and families into the space than men are. Yeah, I think one of the aspects of masculinity and just guys trying to orange pill is the fact that, at least I've noticed this, and this is in my experience, is that so many want to tell the people that they're orange pilling that their definition of money is wrong or their definition of freedom, whatever their definition, their idea of something, this is wrong, accept my definition and use my money. Instead of yeah. just convincing them that Bitcoin is a, a good idea, they already know that the current whatever whatever their definition of money is, they already know that this system is is broken and that it's getting worse, right? You don't yeah. have to convince them to change their definition, but you can say this is an alternative and it's a good idea. You should look into it. And I just think that might be a little bit more of an effective strategy. And I think that we we love to say the term like Bitcoin fixes this, and I'll repeat this again. Yeah. Find out what people think is broken, then you can start to explain to them how Bitcoin fixes that instead of exactly a- approaching them thinking that you know what is needs to be fixed in their life. Find out what needs to be fixed in their life and explain to them and, and show them how Bitcoin fixes that. Yeah, true. Exactly. Um, Go ahead, Mike. No, that was a good, that was a nice little point right there. I, I never thought about it like that in terms of I mean, I've, I I don't think I've ever been effective at actually orange pilling someone that, uh, you know, certainly not on the first round. Uh, you know, I have neighbors that I see all the time, so they're forced to get orange pilled every. Yeah. You know, I just feed them a little pill every day, but so eventually it, it might work, and then they see the price going up, and then you know, they're that piques their yeah. interest. But I think you you pointed out a very good point there, Dan. Is like, uh, you know, you really have to find out what people think. Yeah, what what people know what what they think is broken in in their own lives, and right, I just I think that's and I think it's easy it's easy to be cynical and it's easy to be kind of beaten down in the world right now, and I think that you can do a lot of good by just living as an example. Like if somebody knows you're into Bitcoin, you're a Bitcoiner, and you're doing well in life, you're launching a company, you're educating, you're you're building communities, and you're just doing that, and you're just kind of thriving and seeming positive very positive and you kind of stand out amongst everybody else and people will kind of see that and be like well what is the common denominator here it appears to be bitcoin so i think that's another avenue you can look at but you go back to um the social layer as you talk about it um what aspects of the world or whether it's in your um your local community or or more broadly do you see or where are you most hopeful for the that Bitcoin can improve and fix from that perspective, from the social layer, from families, from things like that. Yeah. So I'm originally from India and I just know how corrupt the government is, how bad the politics are, um, how bad the economic system is. And there's a lot of countries in the world that need Bitcoin, but of course, like India just hits hard. and, And I think there's such a big gender gap as well. And I think Bitcoin can solve that. I think just the fact that women are so um, underbanked, uh, just half of them can't open up a bank account based on their gender and their caste, like solely just that. Um, you know, uh, like I said, a lot of them are just in abusive relationships or have zero power or zero zero autonomy in, in their families. And just simply having like Bitcoin as an escape or being able to take your money out at your own will is something that can solve a lot of issues. Uh so I'm really hopeful for Bitcoin in, in that aspect. Yeah, I'm I'm really stupid in this uh, regard, but does it, it's like what a, like women can't walk into a bank and open up a bank account kind of thing. So it's it's it, of course not in the major cities or anything, but I'm talking more about like the villages and and you know where where people are not so educated. Like 
women don't even know how to open a bank account and men i mean they're suppressed by men they don't have that that power their education they, they they get married at the age of like 10 or 11 it's just it's just something that they've never had access to it they don't know how to get access to so i'm talking about a large chunk of the population obviously not like in the major cities but just um yeah just 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 women in in, in the villages and just yeah not having that access and they still have but you know at this point it's get i mean not everybody has one but at this point almost anywhere you go in the world now even rural areas they are they have access to smartphones which is you know at yeah. this point all you need to get going yeah yeah um, they just need the education to know that they can do it through their smartphone uh what as a new parent what is your perspective now on raising your your child uh in this in this Bitcoin world and how, how are you going to approach um, teaching them about Bitcoin when they're ready? It, you know, it's so funny that you asked this question, but like I, I was just talking about how we see this trend with Bitcoiners and, and how they follow a certain lifestyle. But it's something that me and my husband joke about a lot as well. And because he's a Bitcoiner, we're like, OK, we're not. He studied in the States, right? We know how much college tuition is over there. Like it, it's ridiculous. So we're just like does it just make sense to homeschool your child? I know homeschooling in Bitcoin is such a big thing. Like Bitcoiners, a majority of them actually homeschool their children. It's, it's not something we've d- decided to do or or think about, do, uh, we think about doing, but we want them to learn certain things and subjects that are just not taught in schools right now. I don't know how much that's going to change in the next 10 to 15 years. Um, but does it really make sense to spend like 70, 80 grand a year on tuition in the States when they're not even really teaching you the right things and are you even getting a job and are you able to even pay off that debt you know so I think I don't know what the curriculum in schools are right now but I think there's definitely certain subjects like coding or financial literacy or just life skills that that are not taught that they should be taught now so it's too soon to tell but yeah we do have a certain idea of how they of what they'd want to learn yeah the um Maybe, you know, by the time kids who are born today are college-aged, Bitcoin and Bitcoiners will have hopefully improved or society will have improved and maybe sending your kids off to to, academies, schools, universities will not be such a negative thing anymore or at least such a waste of money. Um, Yeah. before, Before we start to wrap this up, can you talk about um the new features, new programs, or new courses that people can look for in the next, you know, few weeks or months that you're anticipating releasing? Is there anything? Yeah. Like that? So, so in terms of modules, we're um, we're releasing a module on mining that's going to go really deep into how you can mine from home, um, mining pools, uh, cloud mining, all of that. We're going to talk about. We just released a module called debunking the uh, the debunking the fud. So. There's obviously so much negativity in the media and and online on, you know, Bitcoin uses up this much energy or Bitcoin's too volatile or Bitcoin is a Ponzi scheme. So we're we're kind of debunking all of that and explaining that none of that is true. Um, and again, I think there's a, like a positive shift coming about now. But I think since the past few years, everyone just has this very negative image about Bitcoin where if they're, if they're not educated in it, in it at all. Um, we're going to be releasing a module more deeply into Noster as well. I think I think that's something that's coming up and and could be super interesting. Um, we're doing a really cool module actually on Sefadine's book on the Bitcoin Standard. Uh, we because I, I I know that's a super popular book and it's something that a lot of newbies read and that's how they actually get into Bitcoin. So we kind of want to bite size that education and and put it into our app. That could be a super um, interesting. Uh, interesting module and then there's one partnership that we're doing with another education company and bite-sizing their their classes into it as well so there's a lot coming up up in terms of content um we're going to do a lot more on the gamification aspect as well uh you know introduce new kinds of rewards and streaks and and something that we've started doing actually we just did for the first time in thanksgiving is doing like games nights and challenges so we've been partnering up with companies and doing like fun bitcoin quizzes and challenges and we see that people get really, really into this, especially if there's a prize and, and people really want to compete with each other. Um, so we're going to be doing that more more frequently as well. And then again, on the development side, there's going to be like languages, personalization, um, 
probably even even launch like another product and go beyond education. It's something we're we're talking about and considering, but nothing concrete yet. Um, when we oh, go ahead, Mike. I, no, I, I was going to steer us back to the other part of the conversation, but uh, I, we've moved on from this, so go, <laughs> uh, go ahead. I was just going to say that uh, links to the website, um, the app, Noster, everything will be in our show notes. But if you're looking for it, it's Y-Z-E-R. And I, um, before I let you give any give people more information about how they can find you and learn more about you, um, maybe we could even have... A, a promo code in our um in our show interesting interesting yeah for sure this episode so maybe yeah yeah let's do that let's do that you know what uh what would you like to say where people can find you how can they get in touch if they want to work with wiser if they want to learn more etc yeah for sure so um i you can reach me on linkedin and twitter uh it's linkedin slash sanjana and twitter is um sunshine underscore connect I, i'm i'm always happy to connect with anyone i'm very open to having any kind of conversation with any bitcoiner um and then wiser we've got our app on ios and android it's available all around the world we're also on twitter we're also on linkedin and uh and yeah and we have a very active telegram community as well so you can you can join us there and ask us any questions and get a heads up on any challenges quizzes um things we're going to release uh, you, you you usually get a head start before the rest of our community over there as well. So, um, but I'll send you all the links that you can add into your notes. Perfect. This, this is, I mean, this is an extremely cool app. I'm just like messing with it in the background. Mm-hmm. And even though maybe the seasoned Bitcoiner, you know, may not, you know, need to start on the basics or anything like that, it, it's a great, me. yeah, it's a great tool for just passing along to your friends and family. So I would, it's I very, would it's very not intimidating. It is, it is a great yeah. intro. I would, I would, I totally agree. And it's very lighthearted too. Like the answers and the questions are, they're, yeah, that's, they're informative that's what we're trying to be. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I just, to go off on a tangent, uh, Dan definitely knows this. When, when we were in the military, we would have to, we would get these like modules you'd have to answer about safety or OPSEC on the computer. And you just have to, I just remember like clicking through these things, like, like, they're, they're the most dry, like banal, um, educational <laughs> pieces. You're just clicking, yeah. through, just hoping that you're just like uh, answering the question, but it's nothing like that. So uh, it just reminded me of that. Anyway. Good, good to hear. <laughs> uh, any closing thoughts, Sanjana? Sanjana, I, I, I keep, I have to. San- no, no problem. Uh, no, it was honestly, it was a great conversation. I was happy to be on. And yeah, for whoever's listening, I think just, try out the app just do a few classes you know you you'll probably do like five or six and go down the rabbit hole it's just bitcoin is that addictive so agreed yeah sounds good all right I'll, uh, cut. thank you again for listening to the high hash rate podcast with dan and mike if you want to learn more about the podcast and see what we're up to you can find us at highhashrate.com or if you just want to speak to a couple of baked 80 iq plebs Reach out to us at hello at highhashrate.com or you can reach out to us at the high hash rate handle on X. Later, everybody. Holy Toledo!